Welcome to I'm in my 20s, your favorite go-to podcast for candid, introspective, and inspiring conversations to help you make the best of your 20s. My name is Meg, and let's begin. And even saying that statement is like kind of, I don't know, like frowned upon to just be like, you know what, I am fucking smart, right? Like I can do this. And it's taken me a long time to like even get to that point. Hello, my friends. Happy March and welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited to be sharing a really inspiring conversation today with my friend Elaine. She is in the business and computer science program at UBC and she is breaking barriers left and right in the tech fitness and coding industries so she is definitely a boss woman you guys are going to learn a lot from her mindset her resilience her courage and her story overall and this is a great glimpse into what life is like as a woman in these male predominated fields as well as what it's like being a coder and a software engineer so i know that you guys will love this conversation but before we jump right into that i want to give another little life update um i know my introductions have become little life update segments and i hope you guys are okay with that if not you can skip ahead to the start of the convo but life update on my end is well holy crap i am so glad that february is over february has been probably the worst (laughs) the worst month that i've experienced in a long time Uh, i'll be frank with you guys here february was really crazy so it started off on a terrible note, I'll be honest, right? You remember back a few episodes ago when I said I uh, had a terrible time because I made some dumb investments. Well, yeah, that's how I started my February, right? And then we go into February and then I start applying for jobs. I'm getting rejected left and right, getting ghosted left and right. And then my family drama starts to unravel. In fact, it unraveled on my birthday, February 23rd. That night I was celebrating with my family and then... <laughs> hell decides to break loose on my birthday and needless to say we did not have our cake we don't not sing happy birthday uh people were crying um it's just it's just been crazy and like just checking in with a lot of my friends a lot of people were just going through a lot of really uh tough times a lot of tiredness a lot of anxiety a lot of bad emotions you know and i actually stayed up this one night talking on the phone uh, with my friend jason until i think like 3 or 4 a.m just talking about like everything that's been on our our minds and honestly it's a lot and amidst all this craziness i'm just grateful to have friends like that and other friends in my life and my family despite all the craziness that we go through to talk through these things with i just want to thank my friends again for being here for me and listening to me but i really just wanted to share that side of me and my life story i guess because my life story i mean my february story but yeah i really want to share that side of me just to let you guys know that if you have been feeling really low and down and unmotivated lately that you're definitely not alone um i'm reminded that life kind of comes in waves and there are gonna be peaks and there's gonna be valleys right and i might be going through a valley right now but i also like to tell myself that like hey if i feel like i'm hitting rock bottom then you know the only way to go is up and obviously this rock bottom quote unquote isn't half as like even 10 percent as bad as what a lot of people are experiencing in this world right now and i'm not trying to complain from a privileged perspective um but I also don't think that when we experience these things that we should disregard how we feel just because we are in a place where we are privileged and we have opportunities and such at our fingertips. We should always, you know, listen to how we feel, be gentle with ourselves and just remember that you're not alone. I don't really know where this tangent is going, but I just wanted to give a little update there. My voice is just cracking at this point. 
Anyways, today's conversation with Elaine is very, very encouraging and it's really empowering. It actually does help a lot with my current situation right now to know that there are people in the world who are as resilient and as courageous as Elaine and encouraging me to pick myself right back up when I feel like I've fallen down and just keep trying. You know, sometimes life will feel unfair. Sometimes things will, you know, explode in your face, but you gotta just keep getting back up and keep trying and believing yourself and things will work out. We talked about Elaine's personal journey, the tech recruiting process, how to overcome doubt and imposter syndrome, how she uses fitness to build mental resilience, a lot of her pivotal moments for self-confidence and a whole bunch of really great motivation and mindsets to help you guys kick ass in life. Honestly, kick ass. All right, all right, let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we are going to be talking about what it's like being a female in a male-predominated field in tech and comsci and in fitness. So I'm joined by one of my friends who is very inspiring. So I'm joined by Elaine today. So Elaine, welcome to the podcast. Can you give our listeners an introduction of who you are and what kind of stuff that you do? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, I'm Elaine. I am currently a combined degree computer science and business student at UBC, but I am currently doing an internship doing software development, and that's kind of a bulk of where my professional experience lies is in software dev in tech. Mm. Quick rundown of me. (laughs) Super quick rundown, but definitely just scratch the surface. So how did we actually meet? So we're both in solder, right? It was some random moment in the CPA (laughs) hall or something like that? Yeah, I think it was one of those things in first year where everyone was super keen. So they stuck around for like hours (laughs) after school. I think you were like part of the crowd that just stuck around in firm. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I mean, in solder, the bubble's pretty tight. So I think we just had a lot of mutuals and that's how it happened. Um, But yeah, pretty much we're both in solder, but Elaine's in the business and computer science program. So do you want to talk a little bit about your program and I guess why you decided to go into Bucks? Yeah, so I started off going into solder with the intention of specializing in marketing, actually. But I had thought marketing was like making cars explode in commercials and stuff, which I later found out is like the artistic side of marketing. So I should have gone to like Emily Carr or something for that. But um, (laughs) yeah, and then I was like, oh, marketing is nothing like I expected it to be. So um, at the time, a lot of my friends were in engineering and they were always talking about how they were building different stuff, like just really cool shit, right? Like coding and like Mm -hmm. making robots. And I was like, that sounds awesome. So I was looking around to see what I could do with my degree. And then I found the Bucks program, which is like, I can stay in solder. And all I had to do was like, like a tiny little application to transfer into Bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the process is different now because it's a lot more um, popular, but Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I took a coding course and it turned out to be my favorite course in first year. So I was like, well, sounds like this is it for me. So that's, wow. <laughs> that's how I think the bucks. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, I also went into solder, like knowing that a lot of guy friends were going to bucks, but I didn't really have many female friends going into it. And I know that it's pretty like male dominated field as well. So it's really cool that you went for it. But prior to that, did you have any coding experience or did you just decide to try it out and see if you liked it? Yeah, no, I had no coding experience at all. So that coding course I took in first year was the first time I've ever coded. Oh, interesting. So what made you like coding? I think like, okay, this is going to sound super nerdy, but like I really like 
like the principles of like math and stuff and how you're able to take complex problems and really distill it down to really like elegant solutions and essentially mm-hmm. that's what coding is it's just taking problems and making it breaking it down to like ways that you could solve and approach them in a really systematic way so mm-hmm. for my brain that just feels super satisfying so mm. yeah makes sense kind of wild. yeah for me i'm trying to think of it like when i solve a sudoku puzzle I get that kind of similar satisfaction, I guess. It's like you're fitting different pieces of logic together. And Mm -hmm. then when the end, you have like a whole system that kind of works and just makes sense, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's just satisfying. Okay, yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. So I'd love to hear like a brief summary of your journey in tech so far and in Bucks. Like, how was it like starting out? And where are you now in terms of being in tech and comp sci? Yeah, I think it kind of was like a u-shape like a parabola if you will so at the start i didn't know too much about tech which is why i wasn't very affected by all of the like preconceptions of like being a woman in tech and stuff like i had no idea that was really an issue i wasn't really exposed to it i've never really coded before i wasn't too techy before either so i went in with like really high hopes and working especially in my first internship and just through interactions with other students and classmates in computer science, um, I started feeling super, like I had really bad imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, I would notice things like even when I was studying for courses or working on homework, if I would say something like a guy would then go ask another guy to clarify if what I said was right. Wow. And obviously like, people will be um, clarifying answers with like many classmates, but I just noticed like this happened with me a lot. And um, yeah, just the way I was treated sometimes was not, uh, was not ideal. Mm. But I think I'm really lucky because my friends in Bucks in particular are super supportive and just having people constantly have your back and validate you really, really helped me. Mm -hmm. And just seeing them succeed made me want to succeed too. Mm -hmm. And just through all my experience, like now that I'm on my second internship, going to be doing my third in the summer, I feel a lot more confident in myself just because I'm kind of like, you know what, like, I feel like I've proved that I do bring value. I am smart. And even saying that statement is like kind of I don't know, like frowned upon to just be like, you know what, I am fucking smart, right? Like I can do this. Mm -hmm. And it's taken me a long time to like even get to that point. But yeah, that's kind of where I stand now. Like I feel like I've found my footing in the field. I'm a lot more confident in myself and I'm excited Mm -hmm. to like see what the future brings for women in tech. Wow. I'm really proud to hear that you're able to say those statements really confidently now. I mean, I can't imagine at first being a woman in that field and Like, you know, feeling like when your opinion is said that these people have to validate with each other, Mm -hmm. I would imagine that's pretty like, wow, you don't believe in like what I'm saying just because I'm like a different gender, right? Yeah. So it's really inspiring to hear that you've been able to build that confidence over time now and you can confidently say that. But how did you deal with that imposter syndrome at first? I guess this is a pretty big question that a lot of females who are looking into this field wonder about. And obviously, like, I also see this pretty prevalent, not just in conversations, but even like online, you know, like UBC Confessions, for example. <laughs> There's this really offensive thing that I've seen where the girl's like in comp sci and the guy's like, oh, it must be easy for you because you're a girl or something like that. 
triggered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was really triggered when I saw that too. So how do you feel about statements like that? I guess, how do you deal with remarks like that? And how did you deal with imposter syndrome overall? Yeah, honestly, it's like, I wish I had something like really cool to say, but it just fucking sucks. Honestly, I've had like close friends that are not close friends anymore, straight up tell me that they don't think I should be going for technical roles because they don't think that I can do it. Like these words have been said to me like verbatim, like I don't think you should go for it because I personally don't see you thriving in that kind of environment. Um, And this was someone that I considered to be a close friend too. So that was kind of a shock to the system. But I think something that I say to like my one other female friend in Bucks is like being Mm -hmm. in a male dominated industry like this, it's not really about like how smart you are. It's about how stubborn you are. You kind of have to just try your best to like cut through the noise and just keep going. Mm -hmm. And having really supportive friends and stuff really help because like I was saying, even though there are people who like say really discouraging things to me, like seeing my friends who are like so much smarter than me and just like killing it out there and they believe in me, I'm like, okay, so as long as you one other person sees that value in you Mm -hmm. um it's a lot easier to continue because you're like okay it's not just me but even if you don't have that like external person you really have to just like manifest that for yourself like (laughs) just you have to like yeah you just have to be stubborn honestly i think Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah that makes sense and i'm sure like the other females in the program and stuff are glad to have you in the program too and be like you know this person's able to kill it in this and so i can do that as well so it's really empowering when you guys are able to be there and support each other in this journey now i want to touch on a different aspect of tech that people are curious about what is tech recruiting actually like i guess this is more on the job application side of things so can you speak on that a little bit yeah so i can speak about software engineering roles in particular i'm not too sure about other roles in tech Mm -hmm. but for software engineering um in my experience it's ranged widely based on like the size of the company um so say we're a smaller company it's usually i'd say like two or three rounds so usually there is like an initial phone call with the hr rep um just to see if you're like weird or not (laughs) (laughs) and if they like you then usually it goes to a live whiteboarding session which is where you code live they'll give you like two questions and then you kind of have to live code a solution to those problems in front of them Mm -hmm. Um, and after that sometimes that's it so that's for like a smaller company or sometimes they'll give you a take-home assignment where you have to code something um, to like a problem that they provide you and you have like two or three days to give something back to them Mm -hmm. if it's um, a larger company in my experience i've had up to like five rounds of interviews (gasps) where it's like uh, yeah it's 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 pretty draining, I'm gonna be really honest. Like, recruiting for software engineering is soul sucking. <laughs> but yeah, my next internship that I'm going to, I had like five rounds of interviews where oh it was God. a phone call with HR. So it was just the phone. And then I had a video call with HR. And then I had um, a coding interview that was two and a half hours oh long. Oh my gosh. I had to do like, four different coding problems and it was like back to back to back so I was very brain dead um that was on camera too so they could see me and I could just talk to them um, about my thoughts Mm -hmm. and then I had another call with an engineering manager 
Um, so this was just purely behavioral to see how I work in teams, like problems I faced. Mm -hmm. And then the final round was another call with HR, <laughs> um, just to like sum everything up and like just see where I stood. Right. So yeah, that's like the longest process I've ever been in. That sounds insane. <laughs> so intense <laughs> and what was like the timeline like for that like did this process take like two months or like a few weeks i think it took like around a month a month and a half from like the initial email that i got for like the interview to like uh -huh. me signing oh. the contract oh my goodness like, that's insane and what would you say was the hardest part of this process was it the coding or was it like the interview part i think the coding definitely takes the most out of you because um I like prepped every single day for like months Whoa. just to like really do well, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but I think in computer science, especially or in STEM, what's like underrated is the behavioral portion. I know like us as business students, we're really prepped to answer behavioral interview questions quite yeah. well, I would say. But um, after I had that interview with the engineering manager he was like yeah that was like the best interview I've ever had with anyone wow <laughs> because he was like you were super conversational like I felt like I was really getting to know you and stuff so mm -hmm. I was pretty proud of that mm, that's really great that's awesome and would you recommend applying for like multiple jobs and like going through multiple recruit processes at once or kind of like focusing in on one or two of your top choice how did you approach that oh yeah like for me I guess kind of a two-pronged answer is like Full disclosure, in 2020, I applied to, like, over 200 jobs. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Just, just to get, like, 10, 15 interviews. Uh -huh. Just because, like, the industry is so saturated right now. There's so many people looking for internships. Like, my friends and I always say it's, like, a numbers game, really. Like, right. it's a lottery. You just want to get your name in there. With that being said, um, I did get my first two internships through my network. Mm -hmm. So it's also super important to try and get your foot in the door without having to apply through like the generic portal um mm -hmm. so yeah it's definitely like i would say yeah if you're really well connected try to get um referrals if you can but mm -hmm. also it doesn't hurt to like try to get as many interviews as you can because it really helps you practice especially the coding part mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i can totally attest to the part about how important your network is and like this phrase that solder students tend to say which is so cringy but i find it so true is that your net worth is your network wait no it's the yeah, other way around no. <laughs> yeah yeah i was thinking about that your network is your net worth <laughs> yeah which actually is very true so i would say definitely like leverage your network but obviously not in the way where things are like transactional but just you know feel free to like reach out to people and don't be scared to ask people to refer you and chat with people who are in roles that you are interested in but also definitely diversify like for me personally like my network i would say has benefited me in ways that i would never expect it to like it kind of comes really unexpectedly sometimes right like you never really see it coming it's like someone will approach me with this opportunity and i'll i wouldn't expect them to come to me with that sort of opportunity whereas like for my past internships actually my network didn't play any role in my internships but my networks played a role in more of my personal projects which is very interesting so always i guess keep your options open and just be genuine with your connections for sure i think that when you approach networks in a way where you definitely want something out of somebody it does tend to show too so yeah. yeah it does yeah so what is a day in the life like i guess in a 
business and computer science student because this is a very unconventional combination. I don't know if there's any other schools within Canada that offer this combined program and both of them are very intensive subjects. So what is that like for you and how do you manage the stress? <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, on managing stress, <laughs> um, that's a work in progress. Um, everyone in Bucks is always dying at some, <laughs> with some sort of uh, varying intensity levels of death. But um, what? Like, are you asking more of like when I'm in school or when I'm... I guess you could touch on a little bit of both. I mean, when you're in school and now that you're kind of searching for jobs or starting work. Yeah, like I feel like being in school definitely sucks a lot more than working <laughs> because when I'm working, like I can just focus on work and after work, I'm kind of like, okay, like I can kind of put that aside. Whereas school is definitely nonstop. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, in Bucks, there's no electives. So there really is no like fluffy course that I can relax in. So all of the courses uh. are like core courses, um, right. which sucks a little. <laughs> um, yeah, and in terms of like managing stress, I guess that kind of ties into like the other stuff I do in fitness. Mm. Since the stuff that I'm doing at school is really like, I feel like it's very brain intensive. Mm. I feel like my brain's always going at like 100 kilometers an hour. I find it really useful to have like a physical outlet that matches kind of the speed that my brain's going at, if that makes mm. sense. So yeah, that's kind of how I manage stress, like is just like having a physical outlet for mm. letting that go. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's really all I do. Yeah. I mean, a day in the life like during school is really the same as any other student. Like, I mean, personally, I can say what I was doing, mm -hmm. which is <laughs> what I would do is like, I'd go to school and then I would like pretty much bring like dinner with me, mm. lunch and dinner every time. And then I would stay and study after class for a couple hours until like I'd say eight or nine. And then after that, I would go to the gym until the gym closed at 10. Whoa. And like that's kind of how I like helped myself like stay on top of things and also like have a physical outlet. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it was really lonely. Like I think trying to succeed well for me personally since all this stuff doesn't come easy for me mm -hmm. it yeah it was super lonely and um isolating to like try to do well mm -hmm. which is yeah i feel like you always hear people talking about how like they're succeeding and stuff but you don't really see like the work they put in behind mm -hmm. it and i think after personally going through this i was like you know what like that really ups my respect for everyone all of my friends that are doing really well because i know it couldn't have come easy for them either mm -hmm. yeah absolutely that's so true that we tend to see the successes and the surface but the background is where all the hard work is and oftentimes we don't show that side so that's partly why i admire you and your work so much as well as because you do show like the difficult parts of being a student in comp sci and pursuing so much fitness and all that stuff and you really do show the grind side so it's no sugarcoating it's not like it comes easy which is the truth and i'm glad that you do show that side of yourself as well so that's really great and when you mentioned about like you know not having the electives to take a break I totally felt that because in first year especially like I was quite surrounded by a few guys who were in Bucks as well and while I was chilling here taking my creative writing courses <laughs> they were taking their you know business courses and then their electives were comp sci courses and they would stay at school until like 10 or 11 working together trying to solve code and I could see the frustration when they would spend hours on a code and then realize that there was some bug and they had to go back in and fix it all. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep, sounds about right. Yeah, wow. So it takes a lot of, I guess, mental resilience as well to deal with that. But <laughs> since you enjoy yeah. it, that's great. And I guess when you first started coding compared to now, would you say you enjoy it more, enjoy it less? Did you have any, I guess, expectations versus reality that were challenged throughout this process? Yeah, like kind of looping back to what I was saying before about like my parabola about being in tech. When I first started, I really loved code because it was like I was so new to it. I was like, oh, this is so exciting. But then like kind of in second or third year, I started to like that's kind of when my imposter syndrome and stuff was like at a high. Mm -hmm. And I really hated coding. Um, It just felt like such a chore to me. And I didn't feel welcome. I didn't feel like I was able to really contribute in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. So during that part like I really didn't like it I was like second guessing whether I should be in tech at all like whether there was room for me in there but yeah like coming to where I am now like I think just who you surround yourself with is so important like I love my team right now at work I feel really supported and valued and like yeah like I was saying like my I love I love my friends so much in Bucks like all the guys are just family to me and just Mm -hmm. having that positive feedback has made it so much more enjoyable because at the end of the day like even if you love code it's all about the environment you're in right like Mm -hmm. if you don't feel welcome there like you're not going to be able to succeed so Mm -hmm. I feel lucky in being able to find people who allow me to succeed like professionally and um, personally like growth wise Mm -hmm. that's amazing and I guess one more question on the more tech side before we jump into fitness is looking back at your journey Mm -hmm. can you identify any sort of like I guess pivotal moments or moments where you were like I can do this I will be okay because at first there was a lot of imposter syndrome but now you feel more confidence like did it happen over time or was there one moment that you can remember that really changed your perspective yeah this wasn't really during like a time when I was coding but last year back in January and February I was really really struggling with like my Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome and just like I was applying for a lot of jobs and I wasn't hearing back from them or anything um yeah and for some reason like I just kept applying because I was Mm -hmm. like you know what like (laughs) right now I don't have a job and like what's the worst that can happen if like I apply Mm -hmm. it's like I'll still not have a job so (laughs) I'm not any worse off than I am right now but I think a really pivotal moment was when I heard back from a bunch of like really big companies who wanted to interview me and just like I don't know like just the fact that they wanted to interview me just for some reason like switched my whole mindset around Mm. um and not to be like people who put a lot of weight on you know like name brand companies and stuff Mm -hmm. but for me like I was really in a bad spot where I was like I don't know if I like fit here I don't know if this is for me because obviously no one like wants me like it's really easy to fall into that pit where you're like obviously no one wants me so it's like why should I be here like obviously I have no value blah 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 Mm -hmm. and like just spiral into that hole but like I started hearing back from really big companies who interviewed me and ultimately I didn't get the role but just hearing back from them made me a lot more confident in myself because I'm like okay like if these like international like billion dollar companies Mm -hmm. want to interview me like there must be something that they see in me that I don't see in myself yet Mm -hmm. so after that yeah it just made me a lot more confident because I'm like okay like I caught their attention like how can I evolve like to match what they see in me Mm -hmm. versus what I see in myself Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I love that. That really resonates with me as well because there was a period in my life where I felt a lot of imposter syndrome just being in business school and to begin with, right? Because we attend like solder and obviously people look up to that program as like a prestigious program and we're surrounded by a whole ton of like really smart people, you know, <laughs> from different yep. countries, like different schools and they're all so smart. And then I start to think like, oh, what am I doing here? Like I'm from this little public school in East Vancouver and like, like whoa, like where did all these smart people come from? Like I wasn't used to it. Um, but then I think having a little bit of validation from the outside, even though for sure we can't just rely on external validation, but a little bit yeah. of boost once in a while really does give mm-hmm. us that level up in confidence. Like, oh, like I'm worth more than I thought I was, I guess. Yeah, and exactly. yeah. And like for me, it kind of came from when like similar to you, these bigger companies gave me interviews. And when I was sitting in the room with like a senior manager or a partner, and I was like, these people are lending their time to me. And it was kind of nuts to think about that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Cause like, I feel like when I first started out in tech, I would like mention these companies as a joke. I'd be like, yeah. like oh, like Google hire me. And then it's like crazy <laughs> that the fact that I would say that as a joke because I like thought so little of myself and then being able to be like, oh, like they're literally interviewing me is insane. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I remember in first year and second year, I would look up at the students in fourth and fifth year who had interned at these big companies mm-hmm. and think, wow, like they're so smart. I can ne- never be like them. Like I, I put them on a pedestal and yeah. stuff. Um, and now that we are in this position, I guess we are on the other side and realizing that it is possible actually and for some reason when we first start off we have these limiting beliefs about ourselves so did you have any i guess idols or mentors that you looked up to in the process that really helped you out on your journey yeah like i think i've never really had like a singular person that i would say i like actively strive to be like Mm -hmm. i think um really like the people who i looked up to the most were my friends <laughs> the, mm. like, just rename this podcast elaine simping about her friends <laughs> but, like, i love it oh my god like it's because i think it's really motivational for me to see people who have started off like in a level playing field as me or mm. as level as you can as a as a woman <laughs> versus <laughs> a man but like um I'm joking, by the way. Um, but anyway, <laughs> seeing people who kind of start off in a similar situation as me and then be able to succeed has, like, I don't know, like, lit that fire under my ass because I'm like, okay, so I'm sure you have differing factors as other people, of course, but the fact that they can do it, it's like, what's stopping me, right? Like, mm-hmm. I see... Like, yeah. The I feel like the only reason why I was able to keep up this kind of work ethic is because... I see my friends like grinding it out even harder than I am. I remember like mm-hmm. sometimes I would be like going out to eat like I don't know brunch with friends on weekends and my other friends would be like studying mm-hmm. by themselves for like hours on the weekend. Wow. Or like after school we'd be like oh let's go to points like they're like no I gotta like study for my interviews mm-hmm. and just like seeing that from them made me think like okay they're getting like all of these things that I want Like, what are they doing that I'm not doing? Mm -hmm. And, like, from that, I was able to, like, really piece together, like, I don't know, a plan that worked for me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I think it's all about surrounding yourself with, like, people you look up to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's kind of healthy comparison as well because someone can take it both ways. They can look at their friends who are doing well and working hard and think, 
dang like i wish i could be like them but i could never see it but for you you more took it as inspiration and made it a sign that it's possible for you to be like that as well which i think is the best way to approach it when you surround yourself with motivating people and obviously i think you are that role in their lives as well like you're growing mutually together and that's what i love about having a community to um, be in when you're in an environment that's challenging you in some way so that's really awesome. And now I want to touch more on the fitness aspect because I know you're also really into fitness and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I guess how did you start out in fitness? And I know that now you are, I, I consider you a very fit person, you know, like in my network. <laughs> Honestly, you are one of the fittest females that I know and it's really, really inspiring. So how did you get started and how do you get to where you are now? I would like to preface this by saying um, in COVID times, I have fallen off this uber fit <laughs> path. <laughs> Just going to be normal. honest here. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I started, um, I guess like my foray into fitness. Oh my God, foray into fitness. Who am I? <laughs> was in high school really like it's always kind of been a physical outlet for me because at first I would start off by taking like just walks by myself just to let off steam when I was feeling really stressed out or like burnt out just Mm -hmm. like some fresh air blah 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 and I was like okay if I can walk why not run (laughs) so then I started Mm -hmm. going running by myself and then I think what was really pivotal for me was joining the dragon boat team in high school um that's kind of where I learned all of like the values I have for like work ethic for like loyalty and stuff to like your team and like your teammates Mm -hmm. and just um perseverance and grit in general um so long story short I injured myself dragon boating and like so I was unable to paddle but because I love my team so much this is a common theme, just me loving other people. <laughs> but um, I would go to the gym with them and just do their gym workouts with them. And after that, I eventually went into powerlifting because of that. Mm-hmm. And I know um, I was listening to your previous podcast actually about like being a girl in the gym and being like intimidated in the gym. And mm-hmm. I feel really lucky because I've always been surrounded by like guys at the gym who are like mm-hmm. like my coaches and like my teammates who are like older and bigger than me um mm-hmm. so my experience in the gym has always been super positive mm-hmm. because they would teach me everything and I would always hang out with them and stuff so that's how I got into powerlifting mm-hmm. yeah like so I was powerlifting a lot when I was talking about how I would um go to school and then study and then go to the gym I would be powerlifting and because like at that point in time I really associated like powerlifting in the gym with like the feelings of loneliness and just like grinding and it became really unenjoyable for me because Mm. I would see friends in class and stuff but then I would study like by myself for hours and then I would go to the gym by myself and it was just really not working for me I loved lifting but then I really wanted to like find some sort of thing where I could like interact with other people and like maybe learn something that's more functional for everyday life so then Mm -hmm. I started doing jujitsu um jujitsu yeah that's really it so when so when covid started was it too comfortable um going to the gym or doing jujitsu because obviously jujitsu is like grappling which means you're like essentially wrestling someone and these people were not in my bubble obviously so Mm -hmm. i stopped all of that and i started marathon training um i'm currently injured because (laughs) i kind of overdid the running but tldr that's kind of my fitness journey (laughs) i just went on for so long (laughs) 
<laughs> no, that's awesome. I love that you, you've been trying so many things, dragon boat, powerlifting, jujitsu, and now marathon running. Like that's the whole arena. That's really awesome. Like you've got the muscle building part and like the endurance building part. So that's amazing. And how would you say fitness has changed your, I guess, mentality, anything mindset wise or anything big that you learned about yourself in the process? Yeah, I really use fitness as like a positive feedback loop for like the way I see it is that since I a lot of the work that I do is like mentally challenging, then mm-hmm. like I mentioned before, like I, I need kind of that physical challenge to match the mental challenges that I face. And I kind of use it like, OK, like if I can physically overcome this challenge or I can physically endure this discomfort, then I can mentally overcome that challenge and I can mentally overcome that discomfort, if that makes sense. Mm, like that totally makes sense it kind of like reinforces like okay like I was able to like run this much further today so like what's stopping me from like mentally pushing through this like roadblock that I'm facing and then like Mm. they kind of go hand in hand so for me I've always liked doing some sort of physical activity to like some degree to help me with I feel like it helps with mental grit a lot which is something that like I mentioned you I think you really need in like my industry yeah. yeah, wow, that's really great. I love that they kind of work together and help you build that grit and resilience and stuff. And I see that pattern as well. Like, for example, if I let myself go and just sit around watching Netflix and eating junk food all the time, I'm sure it'll be way harder for me to motivate myself to get up and do any sort of homework too if I can't even get myself to do one simple exercise. So I think these types of things are integrated across all different areas of your life from fitness to challenging yourself mentally emotionally I think all aspects of our life even though it's like different areas of challenge kind of work together and when you can challenge yourself in one area it gives you the mental power to be like I can do this in another area of my life as well so that's really inspiring and now I kind of want to close off with some broader reflective questions (laughs) just to get the biggest juiciest learnings from you so what would you say has been one of your proudest moments? And I guess this can be from fitness, from your journey in coding and tech, but what's one of your proudest moments by far? Ooh. Huh. I know it's a big question. <laughs> I feel like I, I can't say that, like, I can't pinpoint this to, like, a specific moment, but it's more of, like, me looking back and realizing how much I've grown. It's just, mm. um, I think, a few months ago when I noticed and realized that like just how highly I regarded myself because Hmm. yeah like I've always kind of struggled with like really owning the value that I bring and just like being okay with taking up space and not like necessarily being liked by everyone Mm -hmm. yeah I think I'm most proud of just like how unapologetically myself I've become and that kind of spans across like everything like professionally like I feel like I really know the value that I bring and like in personal Mm -hmm. life I certainly guard my energy and my time very closely Mm -hmm. and just like I don't allow anyone to really take that from me which I think I used to do Mm -hmm. like I would just kind of allow people to like walk over me or like I would be afraid of people not liking me so then I would like act a certain way or do a certain thing but Yeah, I think just being like unapologetically Mm -hmm. myself and like protecting myself has been something that I'm very proud of, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's a really key part to maturing and becoming like your own adult as well. And I think I have seen that growth in you just from knowing you since I think first year, I want to say first or second year, but it's been years since I've known you. And I do see that growth. I I mean, not just in person, but also through your Instagram as well. And the stuff (laughs) that you share, I can tell that you are really embracing who you are as an individual. You're not afraid to show off who you are and be proud of your accomplishments. And I think we always need more of that in the world, you know, like, it's like empowering. It's like super empowering. Like sometimes when I read your your post I'm like hell yeah you know like (laughs) this girl can do shit and like if she can do shit then I gotta I can do shit too like I can work harder and achieve my goals because she's grinding it out so I can grind it out so thank you for embracing yourself and being that source of inspiration and I'm sure that like people who see your journey and your story and even listening to this podcast will be really inspired and feel that empowerment that they can do stuff like especially for females who may be thinking about going to fields that are more male predominated as well so thank you for playing that role and one more reflective question I guess what would you tell your younger self or I can also reframe it as what advice would you have for females who may be in a position where you you were in like a couple of years back and want to break into this field but feel unconfident in doing so yeah i was just thinking about this um one thing that i wish i did less of was playing the victim Mm. um i think having that victim mentality like even though it really does like suck for women in tech sometimes we certainly do like have a lot of disadvantages in the field like we don't have that female representation like upper management levels in tech and stuff like that. But with that being said, I think playing the victim for myself held me back for so long. I didn't apply for roles because I didn't think I would get them. I didn't talk to people because I didn't think they would value what I was saying or that they would want to talk to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would just hold myself back because I was like, oh, like, poor me, like, look at this other person doing this and I'm not doing it. And just break away from like playing the victim and think more like, okay, well, this is what I'm working with. Just lay it all out, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I want to get here. Like, how can I get there? And like, who can I talk to? And what can I do? And instead of focusing on what I don't have, focus on what I want to have, Mm -hmm. and then how I can get there, instead of like, just being down about it and not doing anything. Mm -hmm. So to sum it up, it's kind of like, you're the only person who can get you where you want. So there's no point in like waiting around for someone else or something else to happen. You kind of just have to like take the day by its reins and like just go. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's what I would say to myself. Powerful advice. I love that. Focus on what you can do instead of what you don't have and can't do, I guess. Yeah. Like focus on the possibilities and not what's Mm -hmm. holding you back. And Mm -hmm. I think this kind of mentality... I've seen ingrained in like science and stuff as well. Like the more that you focus on the parts of yourself that are inadequate or that you're unconfident about, the more that's going to be ingrained in your subconscious. And you might make subconscious choices such as not reaching out to certain people or not applying for certain jobs because you're telling yourself that you're not worthy. But when you have that belief in yourself, you're willing to step outside of your comfort zone and do stuff that you might not think is possible at first, but then when you do it and you succeed, you kind of expand your level of self-worth and self-achievement, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a positive feedback loop. Exactly. Yeah. Like one last thing I wanted to add was like, I think I used to not do things because I was like, 
worried about what other people would think like mm-hmm. oh that's not cool of me to do or that's not what people think I would do I think just do things that you want honestly like <laughs> nobody cares and if they care then they're certainly like not someone that you would want in your life who would judge you for something that you do that would be beneficial to you mm-hmm. so yeah just yes. do it I think, is the, mo- is the motto <laughs> Nike just do it (laughs) do it (laughs) yes absolutely I love that advice as well like the more we concern ourselves with trying to please everybody the less happy we are is a trend that I see and when you just be yourself and you realize that you know first of all life is short like you don't have to please everybody and why would you live for pleasing other people and you do the stuff that you want life gets really good (laughs) it does I love that (laughs) yes I love that and I'm proud that I think you and I are both kind of in that stage of our life right now. Um, I think definitely like first year or so being in solder, we thought, okay, what do I have to do to, you know, fit in and be a normal business student and, you know, impress recruiters and whatnot. But now it's like, we're doing our own shit. Like if no one else is doing the stuff that we're doing, it doesn't matter. We are our own person. We can carve our own path as cheesy as that sounds, but I'm glad that we have this confidence. Yeah. yeah, I went from wearing business casual to school to wearing hoodies every day. So I think that's <laughs> that's growth from not conforming to the mold. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can absolutely relate to that as well. I just completely stopped giving a crap about what I like, like at school. Mostly whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. Um, but this has been a really, really great conversation. So thank you so much for sharing so many great insights and reflecting. I'm sure that people listening will resonate a lot with your story and your mindset as well. So lastly, where can people find you online and check you out? Oh, check me out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's a weird phrase to use, but I guess. Where can people check you out? <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram. My handle is the world to gain. Mm-hmm. Um taken from my favorite quote which is you have nothing to lose and the world to gain um yeah that's mainly where you can find me i love it perfect quote to wrap up the conversation as if it was planned (laughs) i love it (laughs) well that's awesome thank you so much for joining us elaine and that's it for today's conversation thanks everyone for listening and goodbye Thanks guys for listening to this conversation. I hope you guys got some big takeaways from that. I certainly did. And my biggest takeaway from her is her resilience because holy crap, I realized from a lot of self-reflection that I am not actually a very resilient person and I am not as good as facing failures as I thought I was. And so hearing her story reminds me that, you know what? I can't be weak, you know? I gotta be stronger. I gotta be resilient. I gotta go after what I want and not quit when things get difficult so thank you so much elaine anyways thank you guys so much for listening and if you guys want to chat about any of this feel free to reach out to either me or elaine on instagram at i'm in my 20s or her at the world to gain amazing handle love it thank you guys for tuning in also i just want to say if you enjoy my podcast please do share it with a friend or your family or your dog or whomever i really appreciate it if you do and also i never asked for reviews before but if you are an apple user i would love for you to go on apple Podcasts and leave me a review i'm not an apple user hence why i never really asked but if you are an apple user and it'll take you two seconds i would really appreciate it and love it thank you guys so much and i'll chat with you guys next week bye